The Right Stuff with Kevin and Casey. Episode 6, Tell Me About Mary. Hey there, I'm Kevin. I'm Casey. And welcome to The Right Stuff. And tonight we're going to talk about... uh, Mary. Mary. Tell me about Mary. I love Mary. Yeah, so do I. Absolutely love our Blessed Mother. Um, But first, we're going to make our cocktail, right? Yeah. Because we need to have a nice cocktail in hand to sit and chill and talk about this subject matter. And uh, we're going to make a... Uh, a San, San Remo. Remo. That sounds so romantic, right? San Remo. It's That's better than the last episode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't get enough. Like, right. I don't know. Right. It's too gurgly for me. Right? I couldn't I understand. even. <laughs> right? And hey, I think our... I made something so sexy sound so like. <laughs> That's why I'm single, Kevin. Like, what? I mean, like, really, what are we doing? What are we, what are we doing right now? And scene. Okay. Uh, we want to just point out that our friend, uh, friend no, <laughs> can't even speak. Our friend Noel is back with us this time. She's probably going to uh, ask us some more cool questions because she had some really good stuff last yeah, time. Yeah. Thanks was great. for joining us again. Love you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so the San Remo uh, is basically, we don't even know the reasons. They're kind of unclear that Romulus... Bishop of Genoa fled his see and died in a cave in the beautiful town on the Italian Riviera that now bears his name, San Remo, which is cool, right? It is cool. Yeah. Um, There are a couple other things that bear his name. A tasty cocktail and some Italian and California wine. So let's start with the cocktail. What do we what do we have in here? Let's the San do, Remo. please. Um, we have an ounce of red Dubonnet. Yeah. Do you all know Dubonnet? Like, do you know what that no, is? No, I it's have a, no idea what that it's is. It's a French aperitif, which means it's a fortified wine, basically a wine that is uh, essentially fortified with lots of different like uh, herbs and spices. Okay. okay. So it's got a really good flavor. For those of you that don't know what that is, if you've ever had vermouth in a drink. Like mm-hmm. Dubonnet's like a vermouth, that kind of thing. It's an aperitif. Okay. Um, and like a sweet vermouth or a dry vermouth? Well, it's red. So this one's a little on the, it's not sweet, but it's, it's a little darker right. and more robust and round. There's also a rosé Dubonnet and a white Dubonnet. And they're all fortified with uh, herbs that help with a flavor profile. But you know what the coolest thing is? What? Uh, God bless Queen Elizabeth II, who God just passed her. away on September yeah. the 8th. One of the things peace. that she drank every single day that probably kept her alive till she was I'm 96 sure. uh, was a gin and Dubonnet. Did you know I that? I love that woman. Yeah. Uh, and a, a gin and Dubonnet is two ounces of Dubonnet, an ounce of gin, um, and a twist of something in it that makes it beautiful. Um, and you put it over ice, and you, it's a stirred drink. So we should okay. probably have one of those because we haven't done that. Yeah, we shake a we lot, should, right? Or, in honor of the coin. Right, right. Like but uh, a gin and Dubonnet, like that's <clears throat> like the coolest thing ever. And it's a delicious, delicious, uh, good aperitif kind of cocktail. She would have it before her dinner. Of course. So um, I actually made one the other night in her honor, which Did was you? which was super cool. So Thanks for the invite. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody pray for the queen and her Rude. soul. So that's that's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, but the San Remo, like you said, it has an ounce of red Dubonnet. Sugar cube. A sugar cube. Um, and it's kind of cool. You float the sugar cube at the bottom of the, the champagne glass. Okay. And you pour the Dubonnet and you hit it with a couple of dashes of bitters. And then you add... Champagne! Champagne, right? Which is everybody's favorite, it the bubbly. So the chilled. 
not warm. No, not in a warm, <laughs> but it's chilled. But um, and then an then, then an, an, uh, orange, an orange twist, twist on the top. Yeah. So it's got a little citrus. It's got the bitters. It's got the bubbly. It's got the sugar. It's got the Dubonnet. This thing is delicious. It's got the yum. Right. It's it's got lots of yum. <laughs> let me tell you, because it's it's absolutely delicious. So uh, yeah, uh, but hey, I have to tell you. Um, I have a friend. His name is Father Romaine. He gets made fun of a lot, but his name is Father Romaine, right? And what did he say at his first mass? Wait, why is he made fun of? Well, what did he say at his first mass? Father, Father Romaine. Father Romaine. Father Romaine. Romaine in your your Rome your Romaine your Ro your Romaine Catholic. Wait, I don't Let know. us pray. Let us. I mean, pray. I feel like mine was really good too, though. I mean, come on, you guys. Father Romaine, let us pray. Okay. That's a whole lot of but salad. But he was in Romaine Catholic, right? right? So, um, yeah. right. All right, you know what? We're gonna take a tally. If you yeah. guys think that mine was better, <laughs> mine was a better punchline. <laughs> you just let us know. Let us let us know. Let us let, pray. Let us pray. All right, come on. So, Boom. tell me about Mary. Mary, Damn the mother of Jesus. Yo, Jesus' yo, mom, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and Mary, the mother of God. That's a very popular Catholic terminology. Mary, the mother of God. Theotokos. What an important, amazing woman. 100%. And mission that she had while on earth. I mean, I just think... Right. That's... Uh, I mean, I can't even fathom the amount of pressure almost that she had on her. Absolutely. But what an amazing woman. Her fiat. Let it be done to me according to your word. We should all have so much faith, right? We should. We should all have so much faith. Mary is absolutely amazing. And there's so much to say about her. And this is basically going to be a little bit of an introductory when we talk about her and how she relates to us as Catholics. There are so many things that we can say about her. So many things that she is to us. Um, that it's, it's going to be hard. Where do you even begin? I know. It's really hard to contain this. But um, we're going to begin just basically with why do Catholic thinks why do Catholics think that she's so important to them in our relationship with her? What what it what does she have? Why is she our blessed mother? You know, mm -hmm. and so um, we're about to uh, make our San Remo, and yeah. we're gonna sit Let's here and have a nice little cocktail, and we'll be back with you in just a minute to chit chat. All right, so we're back with our San Remo, mm -hmm. and it's delicious. You know, you have to like layer the things. You put the sugar cube in the bottom, and you put a couple of dashes of bitters in the Dubonnet and then you pour on the champagne and add the twist and it's just beautiful. So, um, cheers, cheers, rock on everybody. Right. Yummy. Right. So, um, let's, let's think about this for a minute. Um, who is Mary? The mother of God, yeah. the mother of Jesus. Well, she's the mother of Jesus, which right? makes her the mother of God. Right. We can, we can all understand that. Like we, we know this from scripture, Mary, is Jesus's mom, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Uh, who is Jesus? The son of God. The son of God. But, but he also, also is God. God himself, right? right. That's a yeah. big deal. Like, that's a big deal. It's huge. So there was a giant heresy that happened um, in Greece. And people were saying that maybe Jesus wasn't quite so divine. Maybe he was like half human, half divine. How can you be half a human, right? You're either a whole <laughs> human or you're not human at all, right? <laughs> The days I mean, of the, I've run into some people no, that listen, I'm like, are you half human? Right. The days of the Minotaur, the half horse, half man, or they, they disappeared during Greek mythology, right? So uh, yeah. um, 
you're 100% human. Like he was 100% mm. human, right? But he was also 100% divine. He mm-hmm. was God. Mm-hmm. So if Jesus is God, philosophically, does it not make sense that if Mary's the mother of Jesus, she's also the mother, the of, mother God. of God? Right. That statement has nothing to do with Mary. That statement has everything to do with Jesus. If she is the mother of God, it fortifies that Jesus himself is God, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, that is a really cool statement, right? So um, when this heresy was going on in Greece, um, uh, people were really, really upset about it. And the bishops finally concluded that Mary was the mother of God and people took to the streets like they kind of do today during like, you know, demonstrations and stuff and they're raising mm-hmm. their fists and they're like, Theotokos, Theotokos, which actually means mother of God in Greek, which is mm-hmm. really cool. They were so concerned that they were taking this thing away from her because it literally fortified the fact that Jesus Christ himself is God. Like that's super important that's to know amazing. that she is the mother of God, not just the mother of Jesus. That term has nothing to do with her. It has everything to do with Jesus Christ mm. being God himself, right? That's kind of cool. That's very cool. Um, so she's really special to us, right? I mean, she we, we, oh, we call her our blessed mother, right? She's, <clears throat> she's everybody's mom. Um, if we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, who's our mom? Mary. Mary, right? I mean, yeah. I know this sounds really simplistic sometimes when we think about these these small uh, things that we say. The linguistics are really important, mm-hmm. right? If we're brothers and sisters in Christ, who's our mom? If that's his mom, she's our mom too, right? Right? And that there's so much beauty in that, and 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 it's just so cool. Who I need to sip of the San Remo. Hang on. <laughs> this, is, this is yummy, y'all. Well, did I ever tell you about, and I love breaking it down into this, like, such simplistic, just, I don't know, my nephew was telling me um, that he knew, this. yeah, that he yeah. knows who Mary is. And yeah. I was like, you do? And he goes, well, yeah, I know, she's the queen. And the I queen, said, yeah. Well, I mean, you're right. Yeah, what is she the queen of? And he said, the queen of heaven. Wow. Like, okay, yeah, absolutely. You're right. He, Amazing. She is. And again, he's five years old, right? And he said, I know her superpower. I said, well, what's Mary's superpower? And he goes, the rosary. <gasps> Out of said, the well, mouth. What is the... Yeah. And I was so shocked. I said, well, what does the rosary do? And he said, it keeps the devil away. Wow. I, isn't that amazing? The Out Right the Stuff mouth. with Kevin and Casey. Episode six, tell me about Mary. Okay, Mary. 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 Um, I feel like there's a giant disconnect sometimes between Catholics and our non-Catholic brothers and sisters when Mm -hmm. it comes to Mary, right? Like, she seems to be so important to us, and our non-Catholic brothers and sisters often say things like, you know, she's the vessel that Christ came to Mm -hmm. uh, earth, and God was born to her, and she's not really important. She's just like any other woman, right? Um, so let's just think about one of the simplest elemental things that we possibly can think about all the women that are on this planet right now and all of the women since the dawn of time, since Eve that have come from that point to Mary, right? Mm -hmm. Then every woman that was born after Mary and every woman that will ever come in the future, who did God choose? 
Mary. Mary. That makes her kind of special. I mean, out of kind all of? of the women that has ever existed, that has ever existed, mm-hmm. God chose her. Right? Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So just knowing that in its own simplistic nature is the fact that like Mary is super, super duper important. She's super duper important. Okay. She's a part of the plan, right? Okay. She is. Could he, could he, could he have done it another way? Absolutely. Right. It's his choice. God can do anything he wants, but he chose Mary. He chose Mary. Um, and this is one of those weird things that, that, um, you know, uh, if you go back a couple of episodes to our tradition episode, mm-hmm. understanding things from tradition that you don't actually read in scripture, things that we know as Catholics that have been handed down to us from apostolic times, Mary herself was known to a lot of the apostles, right? And so they would have known her mom and dad. Who are her mom and dad? Well, how do we know? Because they're not even in the Bible. They're not. But know. we know their names are Anne. I was going to say that. Go, go. That's I'm my sorry. middle name. Go ahead. Well, you yeah. can take the dad because I don't actually know. Yoakum. Yoakum. That's, that's what I said. Yeah, Anne and Yoakum. Yeah, I said Yoakum. We know their names from tradition. They're not written in scripture. No, they're not. Um, and for a lot of our non-Catholic brothers and sisters who think scripture is the be-all and end-all, does that mean she didn't have parents if her names weren't there? Right? Yeah. yeah. I, mm, good point. Good point, right? Fair point. She had parents. We don't know their names from scripture, but we do know their names from tradition. A lot of the apostles knew who those people were, right? Yeah. And they allowed us to know that their names were Anne and Joachim. Um, Mary, because her parents had her at such an old age, um, they tried, they wanted a child so badly, and they uh, were going to offer her back to God as a temple virgin. What does that mean? Okay. Um, if you think about being a Catholic today and you think about giving your life over to God and saying your vows and you become a nun, Mm -hmm. right? And you live in a convent, you live Mm -hmm. cloistered in a convent and you're with all of these other nuns. Um, being a temple virgin in some sort of way was like being a nun. Like you would have lived in that particular atmosphere and you Mm -hmm. would have uh, been in the temple and you would have assisted at the temple and you would have prayed a lot. You know, you would have done your thing. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been really important to you. So her parents were going to offer her back to God to be a temple virgin. And you know, we get to this this thing, we're, we're going to talk about it in a few minutes here, uh, Mary being a perpetual virgin. Like, well, she had, you know, she had Jesus. And then it says, you know, the brother, brothers and sisters of Jesus in scripture, right? Well, um, were there brothers and sisters? Did she have relations with Joseph? Did, were there other children? Right. Um, no. No. <laughs> like, how do you follow that up? Yeah. How do you follow up God? Right. You know what I'm saying? So that was not something that, that ever happened. So being that she was a temple virgin, it's also proof that she was going to be a virgin for her entire life. Aha. Beautiful uh-huh. aha moment, right? That's kind of cool. So um, we know this thing about Mary. We know that, and how do we know it? We know from tradition, because the apostles knew her parents. They knew the whole plan. They knew who she was. Think about the fact that some of those apostles were probably maybe just a few years older than her when she was born. And Jesus kind of gathered them all together, 
right? Wow, that was a total aha moment. You know, but she think about the fact that she was 14, right? She was 14. She wasn't that much older. She would have been like babysitter age for wowsy, some of wowsy, these Wowsy, wowsy, woo-woo. Right? I didn't realize that. So they would have known her mom and dad. They would have known them. Wow. Right? They, she was she was like babysitter age for a lot of the apostles, which I think is really cool, right? That is. So um, her parents were going to basically give her back to God and allow her to be a temple virgin. So there's that there's that one cool thing when Catholics talk about her being a perpetual virgin. Um, there's a reason for that. Um, and that, that was the plan for her all along. That's the first little tidbit that's kind of cool, right? Okay. Um, what else is really cool about her? Everything. Um, everything. <laughs> okay. So um, one of my favorite things, this is one of my favorite pieces of scripture. When we talk about the wedding at Cana, right? I um, love this one. And no, I tell great. you what, the the Chosen, if y'all haven't watched that, you should watch it. Because they do a great job of They this, do a they? great yeah. job of making, just really bringing that whole, especially the wedding at Cana mm-hmm. to life and her role in that. Yes. And one of the very first things that happens at the wedding at Cana, like that is literally Jesus's first miracle. Mm-hmm. And what does he say? Like, she's like, oh my God, they're running out of wine. You got to help them. And he's like, woman, my time has not yet come. Right. <laughs> and we think in, in 2022, like woman is a really derogatory term. Like if you read that term, woman, get back in here and make me a sandwich. Right. 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 What about a bunch of rednecks? Yeah. Like, walk, woman. And it's like um, Mrs. Doubtfire type. Yeah. No, not at all. Woman was referred to, like, when when God created Eve and she was the first woman, it was a very prestigious thing. Mm -hmm. The same Hebrew word that was used for, like, Eve, that woman, that that place of respect and honor, Mm -hmm. was used for Mary when he says woman. It's not about a derogatory term. It's basically an elevated term. You who are my superior, not woman. You who are my superior, you're telling me to do something, and it's not my time yet, right? And she's like, uh-uh, kid, yeah, it is. You're going to do it. And she knew that swords would pierce her heart because this would be the beginning of the end for her son, right? She knew that, okay? This is, I, I have to put a pause wow. on this because this makes me laugh because every Christmas we get to, you know, this beautiful song, and I love it more than life. Oh, gosh. Mary, did you know? Yes. <laughs> yes, she knew. That's your baby like, boy. She literally knew everything. Yes. Like, because she knew the scriptures and she was a good Jewish girl and she was at the temple, she would have known would have known everything that was about to happen to her. Mm-hmm. The minute that all of these scriptures started to unfold, she knew her heart was going to break because mm-hmm. of her son. She knew that when the angel came to her and said that she'd be with child. She knew from the very beginning. So the minute that she says at the wedding at Cana, um, do whatever he says, she takes it out of her hands and she puts it in the hands of her son. Right. And, um, he listens to her. And even to this day, if you understand anything about Jewish culture, I have a lot of Jewish friends, a lot of my friends, like I've got a ton of friends in New York and, and, um, their, their heritage, their culture, their religion, they're Jewish. And the, the, the special bond and the special relationship that moms have with their sons, Mm -hmm. if you're Jewish, like a Jewish son would never say no to mama. I'm sorry. That would not happen. Um, and guess what? Like, as we read the scriptures, did he say no? I mean, not really. He no. kind of tried and he was like, no mom. And she's like, uh-uh. Go. You better do this. And he's like, all right. right? She calls the stewards over and she says, sure. 
do whatever he tells you. Uh-huh. I probably should say that more like, do whatever he tells you, right? <laughs> Come on, because, you know, you got to do this thing for my son. <laughs> and so um, because of that, um, his first miracle actually occurs. Like he basically, it's not a party trick. It's not a party trick. There's something in Greek culture and Mediterranean culture called an amphora. They're giant clay jars. They hold between 30 and 50 gallons, mm-hmm. right? And there were a bunch of amphora that were empty. And the thing about this thing was that Mary knew this couple and she knew that they couldn't save face. They were out of wine. Okay. This was a multi-day event. If your family came in for a wedding, there might've been a hundred of you and you would stay for four or five days. So there had to be food. Mm -hmm. There had to be wine. It was celebratory. They were out of wine. Oh my gosh. Giant party faux pas. On what? Like the first day? Yes. Giant party faux pas. Okay. So, what ends up happening, Jesus tells the, 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 met, the, the, the gentlemen who were the wine steward's assistants mm-hmm. to go and fill the amphora with water, right? And he changes it, changes it into wine. He transforms that water into wine. It's his first miracle. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is, is the wine steward says, my gosh, this stuff is better than what we've served, right? Usually yeah. people serve the good stuff first, what does that translation mean? What translation? Yeah, we're going to have the good $25 bottle of wine first because once you're kind of schnockered, a $10 bottle of it wine isn't going to be so not, bad, yeah, right? you're not going to be able so, to taste it. Right? I and do that at my own parties. 100%. Like, yeah, y'all drink Everybody good should. stuff, and now we're going to like my $2.99. Right. <laughs> but the wine steward recognized it as better than what they started with. Yeah. So he elevated that whole sacrament of marriage. Marriage was a natural thing that happened between mm-hmm. men and women. He elevated that to a sacrament. Marriage became a sacrament literally because of the wedding at Cana. And why did it all happen? It started with mom. It started with Mary. She was the one who I knew that this thing needed to happen, right? So that that's a that's just a beautiful story. Like there's mm-hmm. there's nothing that cannot happen from that that's just mm-hmm. beautiful. Okay. And he listened to her. He didn't say no. He didn't want to do it. Maybe he knew that Do you ever feel like that whole situation, like how it plays out in my head, I'm like, he's like a kid where he's like, mom, don't, like, don't embarrass me in front of my friends. Gosh. And she's like, "Uh uh-uh, no. Uh, No, go. You're going to do this. You're going to get this together and you're going to, you're going to tell them exactly what they need to do. It's kind of like the parrot. All right, guys, go get the Casey, go put on your tap shoes and tap for our guests, right? Put on your tap shoes and do some tap, right? Like like a poor guy who's probably like, Mom, stop talking to my friends. Look, I'm just hanging out. Don't embarrass me. My other favorite point about that entire piece of scripture, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is the first person that's mentioned about being invited to the wedding. Not Jesus, not the apostles. Mary, wow. the mother of Jesus. Okay, that's cool. And Jesus and his friends <clears throat> are invited to this wedding. She's the first person mentioned. That means she's the most important guest. Jesus, bring cool? your friends. <laughs> right, yeah. I, right, like, you know, they invite her and she probably said to the she couple, plus look, I know you don't have enough wine, but can my son bring his friends? Right, right. So, um, She gets like a plus 12 look, he, or a he, plus he, 13. Right, right. Some of us get a plus one. She yeah, gets a she plus gets 13. A plus 13. Right. right. So that's a, that's a really cool thing. Okay. Um, I love that story and it means so much to me. And I think it's one of those things that we 
as Christians don't even, even as, as Catholics, just in general, like, I don't think we dive into that piece of scripture enough to understand why that's the first miracle and how important that is and what her actual role is mm-hmm. to that being his first miracle. Um, it's because of her. She's the catalyst. She's the spark, right? And why is she the catalyst in the spark? Like, who does she know better than her own son? Like, she knows no one better, right? right? Um, this is another really interesting thing. When the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and she became pregnant, she is the only human DNA that Jesus contained. He was her. Oh, wow. Good point. 100% through and through. They knew each other so well because they shared the same DNA. There wasn't a physical dad and a mom. There was only a physical mom. So his DNA was 100% Mary. Wow. Isn't that cool to think about that? I didn't even think about yeah. that. Joseph. He wasn't involved in her being pregnant. Right. He was the earthly dad, right? And right. so um, we will get to that in a minute because it was yeah. really important scripturally for us to understand that Mary descended from the house of David, but so did Joseph. Mm-hmm. Joseph descended from the house of David as well. Wait, what? Well, if Jesus was a king, he had to be from the house of a king. And both Mary and Joseph came from David's house, right? That's super important to understand. Something doesn't seem right about that. <laughs> well, you know. I'm okay. not going to lie to you. No. Let's go back a little bit. Um, I talked about, like, her being a perpetual virgin, and then, you know, she has a child. She has Jesus, and they're brothers and sisters of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Talks about that. Okay, so if we talk about some of those... Um, a lot of those would have been Jesus's kinfolk, like the the folks that we talk about in Scripture. Like they're the sons of Mary, and um, uh, there's Mary of Cleopas. Like she had children. It was Mary's cousin. Okay, it wasn't actually Mary herself who had these other children. Um, if we read it in English, of course it says the brothers and sisters of Christ. Okay, mm-hmm. um, go back to the beginning of my conversation. If we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, who's our mother Mary, right? Like that doesn't right. mean that I'm physically brothers and sisters with either either of you sitting in this mm-hmm. room, right? Like we're really good friends and we're all Christians and we're all together in this room and we call ourselves brothers and sisters, but that doesn't mean we're physically related. You know what I'm saying? In some way, shape or form. Um, but in the time of Jesus, in his own language, in Aramaic and early Hebrew, You have to understand when people talked about the word kinfolk, um, there was only the word brother and father and sister and mother. Okay. So my dad was my father. Correct. My uncle was my brother. My grandfather was my father. My great grandfather was my father. My grandmother was my mother. My cousin was my sister. Wait, are you... Wait, what? You're saying this is how they... In Jesus' language, there was no word for aunt, uncle, grandfather, grandmother, greats, cousins. So when we refer to the brothers and sisters of Christ, we're talking kinfolk, we're talking cousins, we're talking aunts, uncles, we're talking grandparents. We're not necessarily talking blood relation that came from the same womb as Mary, right? We're not talking that. That doesn't say that. It never says that. And if you take off your 
21st century English-speaking reading glasses and actually look at what the scripture says, um, it says nothing about the fact that they're blood-related. She never had another child past Jesus, right? Correct. Um, uh, And that's that's something that's arguable. I mean, people love to argue that... No, they do, but, you know, think about this. Um, She never knew man until, right? Like, and then she has this child, right? Okay. Um, And they love to argue that she had marital relations past that point. Correct. Okay, I love my grandmother. I love her until she died. Does that mean today, like I'm sitting here drinking my San Remo talking to you and I don't love my grandmother anymore because she's gone? No, 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 no. I hope not. That is not what until means in that sense. That Mm -hmm. means I loved her until the day she died. After she died, I still continue to love her. And you know what the beauty in that is? Because love is a two-way street, whether she's in heaven or here. She still loves me. And she's still part of the living. And she's still part of the living because she's alive in Christ in heaven. Right. So... If we look at it from that perspective, there's so much depth in what those pieces of scriptures contain that we don't always talk about in English. Like, right. You know, we, we see that thing. Okay. So um, we've established all of that fact. Now, here's, here's one of the things that I think is really important. Let's talk about that lineage. Okay. Let's go back to that lineage thing because it's kind of weird to think Let's. about. Like, Mary you know, I think in... it'd be good if we posted that too on our yeah. social media pages just for y'all to see the layout of the lineage. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are places in scripture where, where you'll see so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so yep. begat, and, it, yep. and it's, it's that, like, it's that scripture that it's like, oh my gosh, this, I'm reading this and it's, it's, it's really not the most exciting thing. You kind of have to thing. take notes. Yeah. That I've, I've ever read. Kind of like the Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Like, <laughs> how are they to, related? Yeah. You have to take notes of everybody who's right. related to whom and right. you're like, what? Wait, how does this how, all work? Yeah. Yeah. But to, for us to establish the fact that Jesus Christ is king, Right. He has to come from a royal house. Where does he come from? We know from Isaiah, we know that that Jesus, the Messiah, will be born from the house of David. We, we know that. He's going to be a king, so he has to come from a royal house. Mm-hmm. Mary's lineage physically comes from the house of David. Joseph's lineage comes from the house of David. Mm-hmm. And it's really important that they allowed us to see that in scripture, that beautiful lineage of both sides of his family when she's the only earthly DNA he has, but his earthly father mm-hmm. also comes from that house. It was important to understand. His earthly he, father was also chosen. Right. And and that name was claimed for him that Correct. it would be his dad. Right. Right. That That's super important for us to understand. When, when those two houses come from the same lineage you're guaranteed a king mm-hmm. bada bang like that's just kind of cool to me to think about that okay so we're gonna go back to the time of david and we know that david was not the nicest guy on the planet right like yeah. he, god loved him he was chosen and he he was one of god's favorites he was he he did so many neat things right but he wasn't always the nicest guy he he screwed up a lot yeah. you know But God loved him anyway. And why did God love him anyway? Because every time he did something, he was very sorrow. He had a lot of contrition and he asked God for God's forgiveness readily and heartily. And God was like, I love you. Thank you. It's cool. So um, one of the craziest things that I think um, is the fact I love love this story because it's such a good illustrating point for how we get from that king to Jesus. Um, David... Um, had a bunch of wives, right? He had a bunch of wives. He did. He had a harem of women. Um, if you are a man and you're married to like 60 women, who's your wife? Who's your wife? 
Who's the all queen? Of them? He's the king. Who's the queen? Right? They're all his wives, but like, who's gonna be the queen? Like, his mom. I don't want to. Yeah. See, she's the only woman that's unique. Well, let's go back to the Queen of England right now. Right. right. Like she was the queen. She's unique. She's mm-hmm. the only one mm-hmm. in that family, right? Okay. Yep. So David's mom, as the, uh, as the female in his life that was unique, not any of his wives, because they would have had to argue with one another as to who was the most important. Shocker. Right? <laughs> his mom was the queen, right? That okay. like a nightmare. So when, when, um, when David uh, was in his prime, he fell in love with a lady in his auspices her name's Bathsheba right that's a big word yeah her name's Bathsheba auspices 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 um in his charge in his in his in his group of peeps can I get a definition for that (laughs) word it's in his group of peeps right in his okay so um I am beauty and not brains I am definitely radio (laughs) radio beauty (laughs) so Bathsheba is married to his head general, right? Okay. And he falls in love with Bathsheba. And that's a big no-no, right? She's already married to somebody else. So David thinks, oh, I'm going to send this guy to the front lines, and hopefully he won't come back. And if he doesn't come back, I can marry his widow, right? Okay. So guess what happens? David sends him to the front lines. He gets killed. He never comes back. She's available now, right? Oh, wow. Okay. So... Because God knew that he did this thing, he did this thing, and it was his own will. Like, he wanted to do this thing because he was in love with Bathsheba. Um, There's always justification. Something always gets justified by God, right? So Bathsheba and David have a son, and the first son is taken. God takes their first son. But their second son, Solomon, um, now becomes heir to the throne, right? Um, he's about to be king because he's now the oldest male heir. Okay. We're going to fast forward a tiny bit. David dies. Who becomes king? Solomon. That's what I was going to say. Who is Solomon's mom? (laughs) Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Who's now the queen? Bathsheba. Right? She's the queen. I felt like you were trying to trick me. No, I'm not trying to trick you. I'm just trying to go back through my history That's what I said. It was Bathsheba. Bathsheba, she becomes the queen, right? Um, okay, so what is the job of the queen of the kingdom? The queen of the kingdom is the person who intercedes on, on behalf of all of the folks in the kingdom. So Bathsheba's job would have been to sit in her throne room every day, and people would come to her and say, I have no money, I can't feed my children. Or, my crops are failing, my farm is dying, I need money. Or my family is sick, or somebody can't make it, I need some sort of help, right? Bathsheba's the queen. Does she have any authority to do anything? No, but she's the one who's going to get stuff done. Right. Right. Exactly. So what does she do? She takes all of those requests, all of the things that people have communicated to her all day, Mm -hmm. to her son Solomon. Solomon is the king. Solomon is the one who has all of the authority. Mm. So he can say, yes, give them grain. Yes, send a doctor to help fix this person. No, I've already given them money three times this week. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Their allowance is full. Okay, so when you go to the queen, her job is to intercede on our behalf 
um, bring those requests to her son. She has no authority to do anything, but her son has all the power and authority to do whatever he wants. Right. And he can say yes and no to anything, okay? Now, the reason that it was so important for us to create the lineage between Mary and Joseph from the house of David to Jesus Christ himself was the fact that we understand that if Solomon was the king and his mother was the queen, who now is our king of heaven? Jesus, he's king of the universe, right? That got really confusing. Who is, his, who is his mom? <laughs> I got a little lost in all the lineage. Wait, listen, who's his mom? <laughs> who's his mom? Mary. Mary. And guess what? She's queen of heaven. heaven. Right? Because she is the king's mother. Right? Correct. Understand that is so important. If Solomon's mom was the one who was the queen, and and Jesus comes from that house of David, and he's now the king Who's the queen? His mom, Mary. Can right? you draw me a picture? <laughs> we, we might need to put some pictures on, on our website. I mean, right? Or I post do, them on yes. our socials, right? Because this, this is a big certainly understand, deal. but it would be nice to yeah. have a visual. Okay. Um, so let's put that in today's perspective. Jesus Christ is the king. We ask him for everything, right? We but do. But I feel like we're missing out if we don't actually utilize the role that belongs to his mother. She's, I ask Mary to intercede yeah, all the time. She's the intercessor, yeah. right? Does she have any power on her own? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But what does she do? She listens to us all day long. She does. And she takes all of those things back to her son. And she tells him everything. Everything. And the other thing is, too, though, she's a mama bear. She is. She is a mama right. bear. So Let, if you... Let's go back. Okay. Do whatever he tells you. Yeah. Right? And did he say no? He didn't say no. He did it. So if you ask her, like, those people were losing face and they needed some Mm -hmm. help, and she went to her son and said, fix it. They need wine. Mm -hmm. So if you go to her today and you say, oh, my gosh, I can't handle this situation, what's she going to do? She's going to go to her son and say, fix it. Right. Is he going to say no to his mother? No. No, Absolutely not. He's going to say yes. So the beauty in that is the fact that her job... Her literal job in heaven is to listen to us and intercede on all of our behalfs because who better to bring something to Jesus than his own mother? Do you think he's not going to listen to her? Of course he's going to listen to her, right? Right. So vitally important to understand that. Um, To know that her literal job for us, and one of the reasons why she's the most important thing to us as Catholics, is the fact that she is our primary intercessor and brings all of the information that we give to her, directly to her son. Mm -hmm. The Right Stuff with Kevin and Casey. Question time. Okay. You ready? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. The first question is, uh, do you believe that you cannot go straight to Christ, but must go to Jesus only through Mary? No, you can go to Jesus. You can go to God. You can ask any part of the Holy Trinity for any prayers that you might have. But if we go back to what I was already talking about just previously in this podcast, um, Mary actually has a role. She physically has a role as an intercessor. As the mother of the king, she's the queen, and her job is to intercede on behalf of the people of the kingdom. Well, if he's our king, 
We're the people of his kingdom. And she is the person who intercedes on her behalf. Like that's her job. It's her role. So you're kind of missing out on that. Like, I don't know about any of you, but like when I was a kid, um, you know, that proverbial thing when people say, wait till your father gets home, right? <laughs> you would go to mom first, right? And you would say, mom, I did this thing. Can you tell dad? Or I need Mine this. Mine was always, dad, can I stay the night <laughs> well, at so-and-so's house? And you'd be like, you got to ask your mom. But see, right, right. It was always, you got to ask your mom. Right. But that's the thing between like daughters and fathers and yeah. sons and, and mothers. Oh, it was but, always up to mom. Yeah. But, but it's that thing like, um, she's kind of the gatekeeper in that sense, but it, it's very interesting to me to, to make that understanding that like you go to her and like, I did that with my mom all the time. If I needed something for school, it was easier for my mom to say, Hey, we need to spend $75 on him for school. than it was for me to go to my dad and say, dad, can I get this? And he'd be like, no. <laughs> and my mom would say, Buzz, my dad's my dad's name was very Italian, Biagio, but his nickname was Buzzy. Right. And she would say, Buzz, can we get this? And like <laughs> she had her way, right? Mary had her way. Sweet talk, yeah. Right. Mary had her way. Yeah. She knew. And she and he ne- and Jesus never said no to his mom anyway. We don't see that anywhere in scripture. He never said no. No. Okay. But why is her perfection so connected to her virginity? Um, okay. Think about this. The entire holy of holies, everything that's good, everything that's just, everything that created the entire world that we know and see and we live in, um, the God of the universe needs a home, right? Right. So she has to be completely holy. He's the holiest thing that, that, ex- that exists in, in our realm, in our scope of life. He is all holy which means he needed a home that was all holy. He couldn't be in something that was stained. He couldn't be in something that sinned. He couldn't do that because God is all holy. Mm-hmm. He needed something completely holy, right? So she needed to pre- be preserved from that stain of sin before the angel came to her and said, you will bear a child. And when she agreed, um, Jesus was in her womb. But that was also even after she married Joseph, though. 100%. 100%. Right? For us to understand, I'll, I'll do this really quickly. She was betrothed to, to Joseph. You know, we see this piece of scripture that said he could quietly, like, divorce her. That meant they were married, y'all. She wasn't an unwed young mother. She was married. The betrothal period was one year. The husband would build the house, but that meant that the wife didn't live with the husband while he was preparing the mm-hmm. home for an entire year. Right. And then she would move in. So if you had a child... At the wrong time, um, that was BAD not very good. Like, it was just not a good thing. Like, betrothal was the time that the husband prepared for the wife. And they were definitely betrothed, which means married. They were married. Right. But it was the wrong time for her to have a child, Mm -hmm. right? Which is why, you know, Scripture tells us he could have divorced her quietly. You can't divorce something you're not married to. Right. Right. Right? Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. What does Mary have the power to do when we pray to her? Um, She has no power. She has no authority. But again, think about this thing. Do whatever he tells you to do. And did he say no? He said, okay, go get the water, fill the jugs, right? I know I'm going to die because of this, but okay. Um, So how does she give us graces, though? Well, think about this. God chose her. She bore the Son of God. Jesus Christ is God. He gives us graces. She said yes. She allowed those graces to flow 
through our lives on earth because she said yes. Mm. She allowed us to have those things simply because of her faith. She said yes to God. And we are allowed to have those graces simply because she was faithful. She was faithful to God. And we should all be so faithful ourselves. So what can we ask of her? Anything. We can ask her anything. She can't make it happen because she has no authority and power, but she sure has influence over the one that she loves so much, the one who has all of her DNA, the one that she took care of, the one that she changed his diapers, the one that she fed, the one that she put to sleep, the one that she laid at his feet and watched him die. Mm-hmm. Right? What exactly is our relationship supposed to be with the Blessed Virgin Mary. My gosh, take advantage of the fact that she loves her son so much and no one can love him as much as she did and no one can love the mother as much as Jesus loved his mom. Mm -hmm. And so when we see that relationship, my gosh, y'all, take advantage of the fact that her job is literally to stand before her son and ask him things that we ask of her. Like she can't answer them, but she sure brings them to him. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's giant, beautiful. giant important. So y'all follow us on all of our socials. Go to linktree slash the right stuff, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash the right stuff, T-H-E-R-I-T-E-S-T-U-F-F. For everything, go to our website. You'll hear our podcasts. You'll find all of our socials. And if you have questions, go to the contact page and you can send us questions. And that's how we get some really good yeah, answers here, right? So uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Spawn and Bohem. The Right Stuff with Kevin and Casey. 